Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On a cold winter evening, on Saturday, January 23rd, 1999, at around 10.20 p.m. in Tacoma, Washington, two-year-old Tika Lewis was abducted from New Frontier Lane's bowling alley while playing the popular arcade game, Cruisin' World. On this evening, there were two sightings of odd behavior from a strange man inside of the bowling alley. One sighting had shown a man rushing towards the back exit, holding a little girl's hand, and another sighting of a car speeding out of the New Frontiers parking lot. This same car and man was also seen in an attempted abduction earlier that day. Tika was never seen or heard from again. This is the Missing Found Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Harlow. Before we get into the case, I have a few details to share about the show. The Missing Found is a true crime podcast focusing mainly on unsolved missing person cases in the Black community. The cases that I cover have either gone cold, have little to no media coverage, or have gone without conclusion. You can follow the show on Instagram at The Missing Found or on Medium at The Missing Found to read our script. I also would like to mention that we have a case suggestion form in the show notes or description box that you can complete to submit your case suggestions that are of the Black and Missing. I ask that you please like, share, and subscribe and comment to share your thoughts on this case. This is case episode 6, The Abduction of Tika Lewis. If only we can turn back the hand of time. When you think of time, what comes to thought? Things can change your life in a matter of seconds. We've all had times where we wish we can go back and experience those moments to relive them. Even certain scents or music takes us back in time to an event that exists only in photos or our memories. 
Then there are some where if only we can turn back the hand of time and change the outcome or even the event that happened. We've all experienced this. And so did Teresa English, Tika's mom, on January 23rd, 1999. Today we're discussing the disappearance of Tika Lewis. Tika went missing in Tacoma, Washington at the now-defunct New Frontiers Lane Bowling Alley located at the 4200 block of Center Street in Tacoma, Washington. Tika's case has a great amount of detail surrounding it, witness accounts with a span of 20 years, several other attempted abductions with matching identifications from the same abductor, a teen who actually unknowingly witnessed Tika being abducted, and many locals who saw the abductor multiple times and him being on site during the filming of the reenactment film, Tika did receive coverage and media attention for her case, but because it's been a little over 20 years, we want to offer a fresh look and take a deep dive in the public details, a look at the investigation, and the tips that came in over the years with eerily similar descriptions. So who is Tika Lewis? Tika Latrice Lewis was born on July 4, 1996 to Teresa English and Robert Lewis in Tacoma, Washington. Tika was the baby of the family at the time and is the fourth of five of Teresa's children. She was definitely a mama's baby. And if any other relatives would pick her up, she would cry and want to go back to her mommy. This indicates how close the bond she shared with her mom. Tika slept with mainly Teresa and had a special blanket that she adored, along with her Winnie the Pooh stuffed animal. Tika's favorite breakfast was cereal and she would eat her cereal and watch Winnie the Pooh. Tika also enjoyed french fries and Starburst candy. She can also be described as shy, but she was a happy baby and always smiling. The case details. To understand this case, it is imperative that we discuss the interior layout of the bowling alley first. New Frontier Lanes was located on Highway 16 and not far from I-5 in the western part of Tacoma. New Frontier Lanes had 32 bowling lanes, with the main entrance located in the center of the building. The bowling alley had arcade games aligned against the back wall, with one of the games being around 6 feet from the back exit door and a separate room that also had arcade games. There was also an open space with a counter to allow guests to watch patrons bowl. New Frontier Lanes was closed in July 1996 and demolished by a development company that built a Home Depot and Jack in the Box restaurant on the grounds. A Night to Remember On Saturday, January 23, 1999, at around 8.30 p.m., Tika and about a dozen of her family members all went to New Frontier Lanes in Tacoma, Washington for a night of bowling and family time. It was around 38 degrees Fahrenheit, and there was a half an inch of rain this day. Some of her family members that were present consisted of Teresa, her baby sister, Teresa's boyfriend, and some of her uncles. On this night, Tika was wearing a green Tweety Bird sweatshirt, white sweatpants, black and white Air Jordan sneakers, and a clear purse that held her quarters in Starburst candy. Now, on this particular night at New Frontier Lanes, it was league night, which means it was a packed house. 
There were several bowling leads bowling and also non-league patrons there, totaling to be over 300 guests that night. During this time, Tika was with her family at their designated lanes, which they occupied lanes 7 and 8. All of the family knew to keep an eye on the kids to make sure they didn't get out of sight and were safe, especially since it was a lot going on that night. Teresa did note that a woman had asked to hold Tika. It was odd, and Teresa denied this unidentified woman's request. At around 10.15 p.m., Tika was on the arcade game situated against the wall. And the particular game that she was on is Cruisin' World, a car racing simulation game, which was six feet from the side exit door that leads to the east side of the building. Teresa was standing there with Tika, watching her on the game, and family would rotate to watch her as it was their turn to bowl. Now, when it was Teresa's turn to bowl, her boyfriend took over watching Tika and told her she'll be right back. Teresa's boyfriend turned his head for a second to watch her bowl, but when he looked back, Tika was gone. At around 10.20 p.m., this was the last time anyone have seen baby Tika. The Investigation time to act fast. Tika's mom and her family started worriedly looking for her. They looked inside of the bowling alley, the parking lot, bathrooms, asked other patrons had they seen her, and could not locate her. Immediately, they informed the off-duty police officer who was on guard inside of New Frontier Lanes. Within 15 minutes, the off-duty officer and staff stopped patrons from entering and exiting the bowling alley closed off the parking lot, and did a full check of the building, questioned patrons, and still could not locate Tika. So, a search ensued. For the next 15 hours, there was an intense search. Police, search and rescue team, helicopter with an infrared camera, and eight canines, all searched over a 1.5-mile radius surrounding New Frontier Lanes. There were two other search dogs working, and they were led to an overgrown open land area. Law enforcement didn't locate any substantial evidence there. A man's clothes found in the woods. 48 hours after Tika's disappearance, law enforcement had went back to the area where the two search dogs were led to for scent, which was across from the bowling alley, and they found a pile of rolled-up men's clothing, as if it were placed there. The thing about it is, this area was already searched, and they do not believe those clothes were there, nor did they see the clothes while the area was searched. Police could not confirm if the dogs were led to the area because of Tika's scent in the wooded area, or because she was physically there, or if the dogs were led there because the clothing had her scent on them. It was also said that the clothes could be a red herring. The clothing consisted of Boatworks navy blue wool coat in a size large with initials on the label JS or IS. Lee brand off-white jean dungarees in a size 34 waist and 32 length. And a flannel shirt with blue and green over white with yellow plaid, which did not have a tag. A local had confirmed that the initials that were on the wool coat was actually an identifying mark that Value Village, a thrift store, would mark on their clothing. After further examination of the clothing, it's important to mention that the clothing did not have any mold on it. 
Now, Washington state is known to be pretty damp because of its location in the Pacific Northwest. Clothing left in the elements in Washington would typically get moldy. And the pile of men clothes were not moldy nor appeared to have been there for a long time. This could mean the clothing was placed there recently. As stated, this could be a red herring and totally irrelevant to the case. However, how often do you see a pile of clothes in a wooded area under these circumstances and so close to an abduction site? The clothing was a full outfit, excluding shoes. It's almost as if someone removed all of their clothes and changed into another outfit. Right there. The clothing was combed for evidence and fibers, but the results, however, were never made public. Because the area was searched already, it's hard to determine if the clothing was placed there or it could have been simply missed. I will touch on this again later into the analysis. I'm not sold on the clothes just being placed there, and I will explain why. The search continued. The search began to pick up with four FBI agents assigned to Tika's case and the Tacoma Police Department. They interviewed employees and patrons that were at the New Frontiers Lane that night check phone records on the payphone, requested to retrieve photos from anyone who may have taken pictures, and furthered their reach by checking into local sex offenders. I want to also mention that CCTV was not working on the night of Tika's disappearance. Convenient. Now, the search efforts grew. There are now 11 FBI agents assigned and 32 police officers from Tacoma PD. The polygraph test. On Monday, January 25th, two days after Tika's disappearance, officials went door-to-door for interviews, and Teresa voluntarily took a polygraph test. While all of this is happening, over 120 tips came in, all within two days of her disappearance. On January 27th, Teresa took her second polygraph test to address and follow up on some questions that were considered in the first test, and Teresa passed her test. I also want to mention that she is not a suspect in the abduction of her daughter, Tika Lewis. Tika's father, Robert Lewis, is also not a suspect because he was incarcerated at the time of her abduction. Other family members took polygraph tests to be helpful as they could to the case. Some tips released to the public. Tip 1. A woman saw the vehicle of the abductor. A woman arrived at the bowling alley at around 10.15 p.m. on January 23, 1999, the night Tika was abducted, and witnessed a 1980s to 1990s maroon four-door Pontiac Grand Am with tinted windows and a spoiler on the trunk, seen speeding out of the parking lot of the bowling alley. She was unable to get a license plate's number. This exact description of this vehicle has been given multiple times in other attempted abductions. Tip 2. The teen who witnessed the abduction. One year after Tika's disappearance, a quite revelatory tip came in. A 17-year-old revealed that he saw two men standing around a girl and it appeared as if they were following her. This tip went nowhere with the PD. Until on January 26, 2020, 21 years after her disappearance, A new detective was assigned to the case and looked at the tip from the teen regarding the two suspicious men from the bowling alley. He realized that the two men were never identified. 
It was re-released into the news as a new tip to see if anyone can remember a man with a pockmarked face on the night of her disappearance. Pockmarks are basically indentations in the skin, typically on the face. They are scars that are the result of severe cystic acne or chickenpox. During the interview, the teen witness said he remembered the man's face clearly as he was holding a little biracial girl's hand while heading into or towards the bathroom. The man bumped into the teen as he was coming out. The teen felt he was rude but assumed he was a father trying to get their child to the bathroom quickly. He described the man as a white male, 5'11 with husky build, shoulder-length brown curly hair, and a thick mustache. He had a heavily pockmarked face and wearing a blue plaid shirt and faded jeans. The 17-year-old at the time described another man as being in his 30s or 40s, standing at 5'9 and 200 pounds with long black hair, dirty jeans, and a gray jacket with a sports logo on it. The teen didn't notice the announcement at the bowling alley that Tika was lost. He may have left before the announcement was made. He also noted that when he left with his parents, he did see police pulling up to the parking lot and they did not provide information on why they were there. At this time, he was still thinking that the man rushed Tika to or towards the bathroom was his child. Now back to 1999. A couple of days later in January, days after Tika went missing, the teen had saw the news report of Tika's disappearance and realized that she was the little girl that he saw. That's when he then reported it to Tacoma PD at that time. The description that the teen gave of the abductor was eerily similar for all of the other abductions. Tip 3. Police started digging after a new tip. Every year, Teresa holds an annual candlelight vigil for Tika. At the vigil, she was given a tip from a man in his 40s. Teresa has said that the stranger told her he had visions of Tika and she relayed the information to the police. And I also have a direct quote from Teresa. Quote, there's just more to the story. I just can't say. I wish I could, but I can't. All I can say is that it's a roller coaster. End quote. Tacoma police spokesman, Mark Fulgham said investigators have spoken to the tipster, whom he only described as an area man. Fulgham said the tip prompted police to begin digging at the Native Garden at Point Defiance Park. It is not known exactly what police were looking for. Fulgham has said that the detectives are looking for, quote-unquote, evidence. Other local assault and abductions. The same description. There were three other incidents that tipsters called in to report to the tip line, which all had involved children. As a result, there was no case file for all of those different incidents because no complaints or reports were filed with law enforcement. So let's start with this one, Sexual Assault 1. On November 29, 1998, there was a four-year-old boy who was lying on the floor in the bathroom at the bowling alley. He was sexually assaulted. The father notified the security guard, and he assumed they contacted the Tacoma police. But the security guard did not. Come to find out, 
the crime was not reported. The suspect was identified as a white male with brown curly hair and a beard, possibly with a hat that had husky across the front. On this particular night at New Frontier Lanes, private security was on duty and not an off-duty police officer like on the night of Tika's disappearance. This incident happened only two months before Tika's disappearance. Could this be the same man who may be involved in her disappearance? Abduction Attempt 2 A few weeks before Tika's abduction, on a Saturday, a 16-year-old boy was in the arcade area of the bowling alley when his mom noticed the stranger was bent down talking to the boy while holding his hand. The mom was about to confront the man, but as she approached him, she heard the man say that he was the boy's father, which he was not. Security escorted the man out, but police were never called. The man was described as a white male with brown hair. I also want to note, if it was an off-duty officer on duty that night, then the case may have been handled as Tika's was. Because this was private security, nothing was recorded, which it should have been. This would have shown a track record of incidents and possibly could have heightened security and other measures prior to Tika's abduction or any abduction of another child. Abduction Attempt 3 Another incident. The day of Tika's disappearance, which happened only hours before, at 2 p.m. Now, this could, again, very much possibly be the same individual. At 2 p.m., a father with his two children were at a park, less than a mile away from the bowling alley. The father noticed a stranger near the bathroom motioning for his two kids to come with him. The father chased the man then the man got into a blue 1995 Pontiac Grand Am and drove off. This person was preying on finding a child, and for what reason, we, we don't know. This park was in close proximity to the bowling alley, so this unknown man was actually hunting for a child in the area. Remember the patron who was driving into the bowling alley on the night of Tika's disappearance, and she witnessed the exact make and model speed off? The patron said it was a maroon Pontiac Grand Am, but it was at night and it very well could have been dark blue. This can almost confirm that these three cases are related and are of the same person. The Common Description The common description of these attempted abductions were of a white male with brown hair and a heavily pockmarked face. This person is described as a regular at the bowling alley, but no one knows his name. He could be a local to know the area. This man doesn't seem to hide. I mean, he had one goal and that was to abduct the child and he unfortunately succeeded with baby Tika that night. I would like to know if there were any other abductions or attempted abductions in the area after Tika was abducted. Six weeks prior to Tika's abduction, Four other attempted abductions were reported in the Tacoma News Tribune. They were all in the area of New Frontier Lanes. The description of the person did match all four of these attempted abductions, but the description was not made public. It is not known if the description of the abductor matched the other cases at New Frontier and the park outside of the four in the Tacoma News Tribune. 
The ages and genders of the attempted abductions were 12-year-old boy, 11-year-old girl, 7-year-old girl, and 15-year-old girl. Tip 4. The possible abductor attended the reenactment filming of Tika's abduction. Another tip or sighting of the man came in after Tika's disappearance. A week after her disappearance, the news crew were filming a reenactment at the bowling alley and a witness reported that she saw a strange man watching the filming and felt the need to contact police. She described this strange man as having a pockmarked face. It was not mentioned what exactly he was doing that gave her red flags to contact the police. Typically, in a reenactment filming, they have a closed set where only certain people are permitted in the area of filming. In this case, the set may have been open, whereas they were filming but the bowling alley was still being occupied by patrons. This would mean it could have been anyone present while they were on set. This is not unheard of because criminals usually do go back to the scene, attend funerals of their victims, and visit their final resting place at the cemetery. This is not uncommon. Police has a photo of the man with the pockmarked face. In November 2020, detectives had shown a photo to Teresa of the man who they believe is the man who was at the bowling alley the night of her abduction. Teresa said that when they shown her the picture, all she could do was cry. Teresa said that she remembered that man in the photo at the bowling alley in 1999, on the day Tika disappeared, and she said if that's the case, there is no way that Tika is here right now. She described the photo and said it was a white male with brown hair and a pockmarked face and said that he is not the type of man you would want around your children. Teresa also made an alarming mention. She said that she recalls seeing that man following the Facebook page that she runs that is dedicated to finding Tika. This person was apparently still monitoring what was going on in the investigation. My closing thoughts. You know, this case has always interested me. Because not only has this unknown man abducted a child, but he has come back multiple times and attempted other abductions in the area, even hours before Tika was abducted. So many people have seen this man and can give a very candid description of him, but he still cannot be located, nor a name has been publicly attached to him. My question is, why? Why was this man so adamant to abduct a child? And asking this question is pretty palpable, but it does lead me to question it. Then I think sometimes criminals like that don't have a reason. They just do, even with ill intent as the center of it. Another thing, why is he so visible? It's like he's just hiding in plain sight. So many people saw him. This makes me believe that he did not live in the area. He pursued areas that were known as hotbeds for children. A park, a bowling alley. He stood out and had quite memorable features. As for the clothing in the woods, they may have already been present, but was missed in the search. The search dogs were led there for some reason. Either Tika was in those woods at one point, or something that had her scent. 
Is it possible that the abductor wore those clothes, did whatever, drove back and planted those clothes there? Yes. However, due to the heightened traffic of law enforcement and the wooded area was said to be closed off, it may be that those clothes were oddly already there and just missed. Though this can be hard to say since the area was searched. This also could have been the person's clothes just from a previous time. Perhaps this person had a plan of an abduction and the clothes were there to be for a quick change. This can be explored in many ways. Law enforcement has done a phenomenal job with searching for Tika, even still today. The media coverage has been outstanding. All efforts kicked into gear within minutes of her going missing, starting with her family. The Tacoma PD even searched the excavated land of where New Frontiers Lanes was before it was developed into a Home Depot and a jack-in-the-box restaurant. They didn't find anything of evidentiary value relevant to Tika. It is strange that they would search under the property, but it directly correlates just to how much all avenues were exhausted in her disappearance. Teresa has worked and is still working tirelessly to find Tika and bring her home. Robert Lewis, Tika's dad, is also holding out hope and searching for his daughter. He holds guilt of serving time while Tika went missing. And he spoke out in a 2017 interview. I know she is. I know she's still out there. For the last 18 years, he's been holding out hope that his daughter, Tika Lewis, would come home. My daughter would be 20 years old, yeah. Tika was just two and a half years old when she vanished. You know, children move fast. Things happen quickly, and even if you take your eyes away for a slight second, you can't always outdo someone who is preying on your world. This was the case for Tika and her mommy, Teresa. So what do you think happened to Tika Lewis? The Impact On February 6, 1999, an event was held at a Tacoma mall to fingerprint and photograph children that was prompted by Tika's disappearance. They were expected to service 10,000 kids that day. The Tika Lewis Act was signed off by the governor later that year in 1999. It designated $540,000 for the following two years to create a special task force within the Washington State Patrol to assist agencies with disappearances of children. Every year, Teresa holds a candlelit visual in January for Tika. She asks for toys and clothing to be donated during the vigil to help children in need. At the time of Tika's disappearance, she was only two and a half years old, weighed 35 pounds, and stood at three feet. Tika is biracial, that is African American, Caucasian, and Chippewa. Tika has black and brown hair and has some discoloration from eczema on her face and buttocks. At the time of Tika's disappearance, Teresa English was 27 years old. Robert Lewis, Tika's dad, was incarcerated and serving a four-year sentence at the time. Both are not suspects in the disappearance of Tika Lewis. This is another case that can be solved. Law enforcement kicked into gear with an immediate search and took proper protocol to close off access in and out of the bowling alley. However, unfortunately, cameras just weren't working this night and the abductor may have known or just did not care since this same man struck many times to abduct the child. 
there is probability that Tika could still be out there, just unsure of who she is since she was taken at such a young age. I find it interesting that this man has shown up even at the reenactment filming and follows the official Facebook page to Finding Tika, but he still hasn't been identified. I know what you're thinking. Well, why can't they check the records for the patrons at the bowling alley? This man doesn't seem to bowl or have an interest in it. Therefore, he did not pay to bowl, just spectate. I believe he knew that it was league night. He knew kids would be there and he knew it would be a full house. He was there with the goal of kidnapping a child by any means necessary. This man preyed on Teresa and her family and was betting on their baby, Tika. I also wonder about the second man who was with him the night of January 23rd. Who was he? Where is he? Are either men still alive today? I don't believe this case is one that is easy to solve. But it can be. I say this because we're dealing with a random abduction. The media has been vocal about this case and the search efforts were strong. Either he has since relocated, changed his looks, or even dead. Like I say with every case, until people start talking and sharing what they know about Tika's disappearance, this case will remain open, unsolved, and extremely cold. If you have any information or leads on the abduction of Tika Lewis, they should be directed to Detective Larry Lindbergh at 253-798-4721. You can also contact Crime Stoppers at 253-591-5959, and all callers will remain anonymous. There is currently a cash reward for the case of Tika Lewis. I want to thank you for your viewership of Tika's case. I ask you to please share so we can all help bring Tika home to her family. Teresa English, Robert Lewis, and her family are still in search for her, awaiting her return and looking for any answers on what happened on January 23, 1999. And so are we. Please be safe. Always be mindful of your surroundings, and may God bless and keep you all. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Jeremiah 7, 17. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. He says, ooh, love grew myself. Mm -hmm. We're singing for you. We'll never give up. That's one thing I won't do. Decades have now passed since Teresa Chapesky's daughter vanished from a Tacoma bowling alley, but she is determined as ever to finally find closure.
know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.